This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I won't be held responsible. She fell in love in the first place. For the life of me, I cannot remember what made us think that we were wise and we never compromised. For the life of me, I cannot believe we'd ever die for these sins. We were merely freshmen. Did I play the best part of the song? I don't know if I did. <laughs> I'm pretty happy with this part. Yeah. It just gets a little more intense a little later in this song. Maybe, maybe I'll just uh, bring us to that point right now. How about it? All of it. Talk of a lack of relationships And how it kills stricken With our hands on the floor you don't like this, Mondays? He's kind of rolling his eyes over there. Oh, it's just, it, it takes me back to like my childhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah me, me too. too. Me too. Me I was too. three when this song came out. <laughs> You're funny. Uh, I was working in Saskatchewan, my first job in radio. Really? Yeah. I remember being like a teen driving through the city of Guelph with my mom's Hyundai Excel. 1997. Yeah, that would have been me in high school still. When did you graduate high school? 1997. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was just working my first job in radio, living in a shitty little small town in the middle of nowhere, Saskatchewan. And I remember taking some drives in the old Honda Accord with the windows (laughs) down. Nothing to do but listen to this song on repeat. Oh, my God. Just wallowing in misery about how I ended up living in Nowheresville, Saskatchewan. Holy crap. How long were you there for again? Uh, the first place I was in Rosetown was seven months. It felt like, honestly, seven years. <laughs> right now, I close my eyes, I open them, it's seven months later. Then yeah. it was like, probably like when you're in jail. You know, time must move pretty slow when you're somewhere you don't want to be. Mm-hmm. It was cool for like, a, I don't know, a handful of days. But overall, it was a pretty miserable experience. But if you didn't do that, you wouldn't be where you are today? Uh, I don't believe that. Um, it's just, a, it's a question. Uh, or was yeah. that the wrong step, would you have no, said? No, I mean, I needed to get a job in radio. I needed to start working. And uh, that was the first place that would hire me. I, I started trying to find a job in radio at a very bad time. It was when all these smaller cities were going into uh, systems that allowed for automation. Oh. So everybody was firing their part-time or like their lackey entry-level positions. So instead of doing evenings in Owen Sound, they had like, it was just Mm -hmm. pre-recorded. Or they had music playing and there was no one on the air. Right. So I would have killed to start in like a Brockville or a Kingston or somewhere just closer to Montreal where I was from, where my girlfriend was living at the time. Cornwall would have been amazing. (laughs) I couldn't get a job anywhere Mm -hmm. until this place hired me so i'm thankful they hired me but it was not easy to live in a town where you didn't know anybody and be so far away from all your friends and family i'm just getting your start though right yeah and everyone else had their lives they didn't like it wasn't like people were racing to hang out with me (laughs) 
then I moved to Regina and it was a little better. I knew some people there. My cousin worked there. Oh, yeah? That's how I got my job there. It was an in through my cousin. Introduced okay. me to his boss. And then there were some people that really, you know, let me get, I'll tell you something that someone did for me. And he just retired um, this month, actually, or mm. in the last couple of weeks. There's a guy in Regina who works for a radio station called Z99. And his name was CC on the air. Mm-hmm. His name's Wayne, but um, on air, he was CC. And it was a nickname for a concerned citizen, which I guess was a thing back in the day when he started. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I start working in Regina. About 40 minutes out of Regina, there's a town called Moose Jaw. I think mm-hmm. it was 40 minutes, maybe half an hour. Anyway, the, I have to go do a live show from some dive bar <laughs> in Moose Jaw. I don't know anybody. And um, and it's like, a, it's going to be a snowy night. I have to drive out there, do the show. The morning guy, knowing how much of a fish out of water I would be, yeah. decided to come with his girlfriend at the time, drive to Moose Jaw and hang out with me for a while while I did that live show from Aww. there. And I thought, God, that was such a sweet thing. You know, like... Um, yeah, that is huge. If I was talking to him today, I would be like, you know what? I don't know if you remember this, but you did this for me. And that was like really cool that the guy who did the morning show, yeah. the celebrity in town, like he owned He would have been city. the draw. To, I mean, were you saying on the radio, like, oh, CeCe's no. here. Well, maybe I did, but he really did it because he just like, I think he felt bad for me. <laughs> Because he knew I was this guy from Montreal working in Saskatchewan. I oh just moved God. to Regina. And now they're sending me to Moose Jaw, where outside of where they have an Air Force base, it's like, it's an island little town in Saskatchewan. So it was really cool that he came out. And I, th- I don't think I've ever done anything that nice for anybody, you know, now that I'm a morning man. I don't or know. The- You're pretty cool. Like, people reach out to you a lot and you do tours and stuff. Yeah, but would I give up a night and drive 40 <laughs> minutes in a snowstorm in Saskatchewan? <laughs> do you know what it's like when the snow whips across the highway in Saskatchewan? No, I have no idea. It's like you can't see anything. It, it's, it's like driving on the moon in a snowstorm <laughs> is what it's like. Oh, my God. I mean, some. Uh, I'm sure you have some stories of Derringer stepping up for you. Like, uh, Bundes used to work for John Derringer, or at least on his team of people at Q107. Yeah, when I first started as an intern, um, I wasn't getting paid, and uh, John would have me come over to his house on the weekend, and he would get me to wash his cars. And you'd think, like... That's a pretty shitty thing to do, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It does sound <laughs> Wait a like, second. Wait a second. Where does How's this story this turn into him being a great guy? <laughs> Except he would give me, you know, $200, $250 every week. Wow. Every time I'd wash his car. So he was basically paying, like, a small internship fee getting by, by getting me to do his cars. On the Out weekend. of his yeah. own pocket. And rather than just give you money at the end of the week of being an intern, you probably kind of felt like he needed to, like, find a reason to pay you. Yeah. The cash, yeah. That was pretty cool of him. Yeah. Plus, I got to drive all of his cars and his bikes around. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool, too. <laughs> he had, like, this H2 Hummer at the time. Yeah. Because it was pretty fun to drive that around. Oh, my God. That he is cool. He did have cool. a lot of cars, though, man. Holy shit. There was, like, a pickup truck, a minivan. He had, like, a BMW, and then he had two Harleys. I was like, holy shit. He really needed somebody <laughs> to help wash, him yeah. wash his cars. Uh, yeah, it was fun to do that for a couple months, make a couple hundred bucks every week, and then I actually got a job, which was cool. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, that's the biggest thing is they kept you on. Yeah. And they found a role that didn't exist. Didn't they basically create a role for you? Yeah, they, they I mean, cre- that's the biggest thing right there, because that John would have had a, entirely like a say in that process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. They 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 invented a role as an assistant producer on the show, and then from there, I kind of uh, branched out 
in my own it was it was the before like social media broke like really broke out and became like standard in all companies i kind of started working on this new trend with my pro with the program director of q107 and then i built myself a new job in the digital space over there mm. and that's i flourished there and then you know it became standard to have a digital department they integrated all that without within the company nationwide and then this opportunity with you guys came up and i was like i think i'm gonna go over here and try this now yeah and we were lucky he let you come over well, he, here. He let, like, yeah, really. He you were on no, his team. He like, could have been like, yeah. This I, uh, is my team. This guy works yeah. on my team. Why are you going to take him from me? It's hard to find good people. That's, you know, one thing I've learned yeah. along the way in, in any business, like to find people that care and that are passionate. It's, it's, it's almost impossible. Do you know what's the hardest thing to find? Like, even if they're passionate, is people that have a good work ethic. And I, I'll tell you. I would uh, be happy to hire anybody who was on John Derringer's team for a period of time because mm -hmm. he seemed to like the people that I've seen that work on his team. They're all really hard, dedicated workers. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing with John, right? John likes his show to be a certain way and he expects a certain uh, type of commitment and work ethic. Yeah. You know, if you're going to last on his show, like you kind of got to fall in line and be be on that uh, on that page with everybody else. And it's a good thing. I mean, if you care about something that your name is on, then you you want all of the facets to work. Uh, of course, a hundred percent. You know what happens if I somehow end up with someone who doesn't work very hard on my team? Is I just like uh, complain about it behind the scenes. <laughs> Holy shit, man! You see how little they're doing? Oh my god! I would never, you know. Uh, no, there's been people that I've worked with that didn't put in an effort, and then I was certainly like gave my two cents about how I felt about that. Yeah, you got to put in the work. Like I worked with this guy; he was a really nice guy, uh, really good intentions, but he never did anything that he was told to do. Mm -hmm. I could be like, "Hey, go out uh, to this event, record some people," mm -hmm. and then he'd come back, and there'd be always an excuse for why. He couldn't get it. Oh, nobody would talk to me. Oh, the recorder battery died. There was always something. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you know, it was pretty quick. I was like, this person's not working out. And it took a little while for the change to be made. But, yeah. If the person hadn't been very good at it but worked really hard, I would have been interested in helping them get better. But yeah. when somebody doesn't have that work ethic or interest in, like, they feel like they're up here when really they're down here. Yeah. That's the worst. That's the worst. I remember this guy I used to work with uh, in Montreal. He, anytime, like, somebody low rung had an attitude problem, he'd always be like, See this? You're here. I'm up here. You're down here. <laughs> yeah. You know, like would just remind them of their place in the hierarchy. Yeah. Sometimes people need to hear that yeah. too. It's like, who the fuck do you think you are coming in with that attitude? That attitude, you know what? You're here. <laughs> I'm up here and I don't even have that attitude. You know, that was yeah. usually what they were saying. Yes. Like, get your shit together. You're not, uh, we don't need you. You need us more than we need you. Yeah, that, that shit drives me crazy. I remember I had a few interns um, working under me when I was over on the Derringer show. Yeah. And I would never ask any of anybody to do something that I wasn't asked to do. Right? Mm -hmm. And I would, and I, and I usually would like never ask anybody to do some of the worst or most uh, tedious things I would have to do. Like I generally gave them pretty easy tasks and I had a lot of kids that came in there and it was just like, they didn't care to be there. Right. You know, they didn't show up on time. They wouldn't wake up. Like the most important thing 
for anybody oh, like over there up. was just to fucking show up. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah you know, yeah, like yeah. even if you're half asleep, as long as your ass is in the chair, like yes. you know, you, you you've done all you need to the, do. That's half the battle. But you know, just so people understand, that's like you're asking people to be at work at a crazy early hour. I understand. But <laughs> that's what you but sign you, up. That's for. what you sign up for. Yeah. yeah. And it's the most noticeable flaw in anybody is not being there when you're supposed to be there. When I taught sailing. I worked with this guy, Dave. He was like the greatest guy, good buddy. I knew him from high school. Mm-hmm. He was really good at being a sailing instructor, but he would show up late sometimes. And the manager of this club would see him like walking down the road, coming through the gate kind of thing. Yeah. And it'd be like 9.15. And, uh, all, you know, the thing started at 9. We had to be there ready to go at 9. And he'd just be like, like didn't really give a fuck. And <laughs> that guy lost his job after. He didn't get hired back. Right. But he was great at everything else. But he just, you know, that is so... It's so important, right? You could have someone who's shit at their job, but you, it takes you a little longer to notice if they're not rolling in 15 minutes after they're supposed to be there. Yeah, you got to be on time. Especially when you're doing something like a live radio show. Like, <laughs> yeah, things exactly. have to happen on time, right? Like, yeah. And if your job is to like have the callers for this or edit this, you know, for this specific time and you're never showing up to work on time, like, mm. screwing oh everybody's day up. And it's like, at that point, I'd rather not have an intern or, or some under yes. me and I'll just deal with all of the work myself that way because like, passing work off to people you expect them to deliver and mm. then when they don't it fucks up your flow and you have to rearrange everything you're doing and yeah. then it, you can get flustered and it's well, because mm-hmm. if you think it's going to get done by someone else, you're not planning to do it. And yeah. when you have to do it now, something else you're planning on doing is going to have to be uh, put down and uh, yeah, it's annoying. That's super annoying. Maura, who's like your mentor? Is there somebody who Ian like McClain. taught you? Ian McLean gave me the chance. He was the program director at Shome in Montreal. I was an intern on the morning show and I was chiming in on the morning show a lot. And that was Steve Anthony. I was his intern from CP24 and Much Music. He was the one who let me talk a lot on the show. He'd yeah. bring me in for stuff. But I do remember walking through the halls not knowing what I was supposed to do. And my sister gave me that great, my sister's like 16 years older than me. I love this tip. And she said, just always make sure when you're walking through the halls, you have a piece of paper in your hand because it looks like you are doing something. So I did that all the time. It's honestly, <laughs> great tip. that is a great, great tip. tip. Nobody, you walking with a piece of paper means like you need to get that to somebody yeah. or copy it or do something yes, with it. Yes. So that helped me for a while. I got me, but then I remember Steve Anthony saying, it's my job to make sure you have stuff to do. And I'm like, mm-hmm. And he like made me relabel like demo tapes and stuff, like piles of demo tapes. <laughs> oh, I had to relabel them all. <laughs> I hated those tasks so yeah, much. Yeah, like a task. He was literally looking for something for me to do. But they would bring me on the show all the time and, and that really uh, brought me under the microscope of the boss of the radio station. He thought, oh, maybe there's something here. Let's, let's get you trained. So really it was Steve. It was really Steve. Who, got, who was using me on the show a lot. But then the boss gave me a chance. Like, I wasn't asking for a chance. He's like, let's put you, let's see if we can train you and, and uh, get you doing the overnight show. So I was really lucky. Like half the battle is just being in the building, being around. I was never late, Bundus, yeah. not once. Because if you're in the building, right, and you're around all these people, anything can happen, right? Mm. 100%. Although these days, those internships don't really exist unless you're in a, like, designed radio program. 
then you can get credit for it. Well, podcast ain't over yet. No. The Daily Take Two is coming up next. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tucker and Mora off the air. We were just having a discussion on what instruments make you look hot. <laughs> I, I feel like I could look very sexy holding a cello. Playing it, I don't know, but like... Just holding it the there? The stance of the cello, you know, you got... You, you really have to straddle that instrument. Yeah. You want to look sexy holding a cello? You need to have some sort of like flowing skirt or dress <laughs> and it needs to like have to get propped up in order to get that cello between your legs. <laughs> and the cello, when you're looking at that, is almost like a body in between there. You can imagine just swapping yourself with that cello. <laughs> you're right. That's a hot wow. look. That is a hot look. I, yeah, you've got me going now. I do. That's that's quite the visual. Trumpet, though, they, it's hard to look hot playing a trumpet because your cheeks end up being just like puffed out as though you're storing nuts in there, getting ready for the winter. And nah, nah, I dated a trumpet player. He looked pretty hot. When You know, you get soulful. You get into the music. You let yourself go. Uh, yeah, that, but When you, someone's in the zone, they look hot. It doesn't matter what they're doing. Yeah, but that's from your perspective because you are into like the soul of a person. What I'm saying is just <laughs> physically, physically, if you're not hearing them... Uh, a woman playing the trumpet as a heterosexual man, I, I don't think that would be hot. I can think of 50 other instruments that would be hotter than a trumpet. Like right. every other instrument. Flute, hotter. Yeah. Flute is hotter? Oh no, my God, no. for a woman to play? Yeah. No. Than a trumpet where you're like bl- no. blasting your face open? Yeah, no. The uh, flute... The flute you don't no. know what you're talking it's about. It's very now. elegant, the flute. Like, yes, yeah. and then the women with their lips there, yeah. and they're like, the, the, oh my God. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. You, you, give me Kim Kardashian with those big inflated lips playing the playing flute. Playing the flute? No, <laughs> I'd rather see her playing the trumpet. She couldn't. She could play like a, a, her lips are too big to play a trumpet, I think. Oh, you have God. to pucker up too much for that instrument. It wouldn't be hot at all. Clarinet, hotter. Uh, piano, of course, hotter. Clarinet's the worst. Yeah, but for no sex worse. appeal. Oh, yeah. The worst. The clarinet is pretty bad. It's bad. Yeah, but what would be worse, clarinet or trumpet? On a female? Yeah. The trumpet. Yeah, yeah. that's my point. Wow. Find me an instrument that would make you less hot than that. 
it would have to be a variation of a brass instrument, you like French what? horn. Same thing, like you know. The tuba. Tuba. <laughs> Actually, tuba would be a little better than a trumpet, but yeah, tuba. Was... <laughs> Kim oh Kardashian God. playing a tuba, maybe. <laughs> Yeah. You know what? Bobby Jean just texted us. She said, I played the flute, never had a problem getting guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah don't doubt it. Yeah. Violin. I don't hot. get a flute. Just seems so stiff Drums to me. It seems hot. like you're uptight if you play the flute. You yeah. Know? But y- again, you're talking about your emotional connection to that person and not just the physical. We're talking purely physical. Yeah, I'm deeper. I go deeper I know than you, you do. Are. Surface that, level, buddy. And that's why you're not allowed to weigh in on this because <laughs> we're talking from a completely superficial standpoint. I'm sure there's lots of beautiful women playing the trumpet who are great souls and people that I could be you know, connected with. But if I was looking at pictures of just hot chicks, mm-hmm. I don't want to see any of them with a woman playing a trumpet. Sorry. You're crazy, man. Tucker and Mora. Mora can't come to terms with the fact that the trumpet is not going to make a woman look more attractive. Well, you say the flute is hot. I don't get the flute. Don't well, get the flute. Hot chick from a heterosexual male point of view playing the flute, their lips like that, and they <laughs> just the... The delicateness of the instrument, it's sexy. Mm -hmm. Trumpet's like... (laughs) You know what your face looks like when you're going... (laughs) It's not a good look. Uh Heather wanted to weigh in on this conversation. What's going on, Heather? My husband's a drummer in a band, in an 80s cover band. Oh, hot! (laughs) Drummer is... Right? Oh, my gosh. And the ladies and the men that hit on him... All the time. It's crazy. It's insane, is it? Yeah. yeah. Does he I play with think... his shirt off out of curiosity? <laughs> no. No, he won't do that. Does he have a huge mane of hair that he throws around while he plays? He did in high school, but not now. Now he's kind of bold. Does, okay. he, does he do like the finger twirls with the sticks? You know, he the does. big hand high up, and then he slapped down on the snare, and you twirl the stick. Yeah. <laughs> Does. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, what about in a band, Bundes? I would imagine that lead singer and drummer are the top two picks for groupies. Um, I I got quite a few as a guitar player, and the singer got quite a few as a guitar player. If you take, you're pretty hot though. So if you take like <laughs> four generic looking people, yeah, not one hotter than the other. Just uh, in terms of instruments and status in the band. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with you. Drummers and, and, and lead singers tend to tend to score the most. Yeah, and then worst bass, instrument, bass. bass. Yeah, bass, 100%. Yeah. Nobody cares about the bass player. It's but like, it's so important. Yeah. It is so important. Also, when you're uh, in radio and you're doing interviews with the band, the last person you usually want to talk to is the bassist. And if they send the bassist for the interview, they you know they don't care about you. Unless it's like Red Hot Chili Peppers and you're getting a flea. Right. Like there's or the odd Getty exception, Lee, yeah. Getty Lee of Rush. Like there's a few exceptions, <laughs> but most of the time it's the last person. If they send the bassist. Yeah, they yeah. Don't care. That's so true. That's like, oh, it must be working in Regina. <laughs> they sent the bassist to talk to us. <laughs> oh my God, Heather. But when oh. you're working in Regina, you're just happy to talk to anyone in the band, right. you know? Pretty much. Yeah, Heather. We had a lady. A lady yelled at my husband one time that she wanted to have his baby. <laughs> oh my God! Based you- solely on the fact oh he's a drummer. I was like, I already have his baby. <laughs> You're like, I'm standing right here. Yeah, pretty much. Well, thanks for that input, Heather. 
no problem. Lucky you. you. You landed the drummer. You landed the <laughs> <I> drummer. <did. laughs> Have a great day. Yeah, you too. Tucker and Mora just want to say happy Nurses Day to all the nurses listening. Bundis, when you had your head-on collision and you were hospitalized and you spent all that time recovering, mm-hmm. I know that you said that you had lots of like female right. friends coming by to help nurse you back to health. Did you ever try and like pick up a nurse or somebody, maybe just somebody who's coming by, like a female orderly? Or I did have one female nurse that was younger and stunning. Yeah. And uh, I really wanted to like hook up with her you're working on that yeah but the worst possible thing happened that lovely nurse came in one morning oh no bedpan (laughs) bedpan oh no not the bedpan (laughs) was it bedpan it it was bedpan but not only (laughs) not only only was it bedpan the problem was i wasn't eating at all so I wasn't going to the washroom. Right. Yeah. So this lovely, gorgeous nurse comes in one morning with a suppository, a hospital-grade suppository. Damn it. Oh, and it has to wait for the outcome, too? It has to be there for the whole process? <laughs> she turned me over and violated me. <laughs> no! Oh, you got to figure, though, if if you could have, like gone uh, further down that road yeah. like you know dated her sure she would have seen you almost at your worst yeah, she would have, yeah. it would have been kind of nice to have that out of the way you know a lot of people have to wait years and years before they see their significant other in some like terrible situation maybe they were in the back room saying okay who's gonna go give the suppository to Bundes and she's like I'll do it we have a special bond. <laughs> yeah, do you think Let they have that do conversation? It. Do they get the nurses station who's like, uh, you know, trying to figure out who's going to do what that day? Oh, you want to do that? Well, I'll trade you Bundes Suppository for, you know, Jeanette Swab. So when you left on your day where you got to leave, did you have an epic goodbye? No, my, my after that moment, my confidence was shattered with her. <laughs> I couldn't right. even look at her anymore. Yeah, yeah, you were done. Yeah. done. I get it. I get it. <laughs> oh. Thanks for coming out. Yeah. So a study has found what makes a kid popular. And it's actually not about what you wear or it's 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 just about being older. Knowing what I know now, and this is gonna sound a bit crazy, but if I could plan when my kids were going to be born, mm-hmm. I would plan to have them end of January, early February, if I could plan it. And l- lucky enough for my wife and I, mm-hmm. we probably could have, because both times we tried to have kids, we were super lucky and we got pregnant right away. Mm-hmm. The confidence that those older kids have, yeah, you can clearly see it. I mean, there's always their exceptions. brains are more developed. Their yeah. language is better. Their social skills are more developed. So they're com- usually bigger yeah, than the other yeah. kids. Yeah, confidence <laughs> like that builds the confidence, and then that confidence carries you through the rest. As everyone catches up, 100%. you've already got that like arrogance and that confidence and that mm-hmm. skill locked down. It is crazy how different 
a kid can be when they're 10 months apart. But Bundes, uh, you are cool and you, you're you like a Scorpio, so you're late. No, I'm a, I'm a Taurus. My birthday's next week. Oh. Yeah. My ascendant is a Scorpio. Oh. That's why. Okay, you're ascendant. What is that? He's a Scorpio. Let me tell you something. This guy's a Scorpio, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Just a, even his, uh, his astrological side is, sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> Virgo, the virgin, <laughs> the ween over here, Tucker. Oh, it all makes sense. Oh, what are you, Scorpio? <laughs> I want to be a Scorpio. Yeah, Scorpios are badass, but they're they're October, right? Oh, Scorpio is October, but uh, late is- October, November. Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, ascendant means like. The sun is where your your sign is where the sun is when you were born, right? Yes. But the ascendant means where, where what the constellation is on the horizon, like on right ascension. The way that the constellations kind of like circle around the sky. Yes. The one what, what the time that you're born, if you look to the horizon where the sun would be rising, mm-hmm. that is what your ascendant sign is. Oh, it's, cool. it's the sign that's coming over the horizon line as you're born, where the where your sun sign or your your normal sign is like I'm a Taurus because I'm born on May 14th, and then. As at that time, the sun is in this constellation of Taurus. That means I'm a Taurus. But on the horizon, Scorpio came up when I was born at 827 at night. Right. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. You just want to be able to like somehow work the cool name Scorpio <laughs> into your life. That's what He's got is. a bit yeah. of Scorpio yeah. in him, that's for sure. You drop your car off at the dealership to get something fixed. Would you be surprised to hear they took it for a two- 100-kilometer drive. I mean, I'd be surprised. Guy from Milton takes his Altima to a dealership to fix his reverse camera. It wasn't working properly. Mm-hmm. He happened to have one of those vehicle transponders that monitor driving habits through his insurance provider. You know how you can do that? Yeah. And he gets the app on the phone. So he can check the app anytime he wants to see what's going on with his vehicle. And he happened to check the app when it was getting serviced. And it was uh, very, very far from the dealership. It was 90 kilometers away from the dealership, as a matter of fact. And it had been driven. You can tell the kind of driving somebody's doing with that app, right? It had been driven above the speed limit, down the 401. Guys from Milton, the car was driven to Woodstock at a speed of 148 kilometers an hour. Oh, my God. That can't be normal. Yeah. He's like, oh, geez. I mean, to him, it looked like someone had stole the car from the dealership, right? Yeah, of course. So he calls the cops. Cops is coming. Cops is coming. Yes. Hang on. (laughs) Cops is coming. Call police. Now. Cops is coming. Cops is coming. Cops is coming. All right. Cops is coming. This is for real. He cops thinks cops, cops, cops is coming. He thinks this car is stolen. Yeah, and that's got to be the best when you know where the vehicle is and yeah. you send the cops here. You're like, yeah. Yeah. They got him. It's literally in someone's driveway. Yeah, no big deal. Perfect. So the cops show up, you know, hours later, they show up in the middle of the night. Turns out when they knock on the door and talk to the people inside that it's actually one of the technicians from the dealership who took the car home. So here's the thing. He contacts the dealership saying this feels 
off to me. Dealership says, you know, sometimes if we can't diagnose a vehicle, we ask a customer if we can drive the vehicle home to see if we can diagnose it overnight. It's it's actually not uncommon in the automotive industry if you're struggling to diagnose something. Woodstock to Milton is a bit of a stretch, though. That's the thing. He's like, well, too, I would never have consented to a 200-kilometer round trip. And then if you're going to do that, would you not pay for the gas? You used my gas. Yeah, they didn't fill it up. <laughs> he didn't fill up the tank. He's like, this was to assess why my rear camera was broken. That doesn't what? add up. Like, if it was, maybe you could get, make an argument for uh, an alignment issue or a rattle and a noise. And you're saying, like, every time I get on the highway and I hit 140, I hear this weird noise. Right. Can you check it out? Maybe then I might be able to say, like, okay, that was legit. But... If you work in the auto industry and you're hearing this story, what are your thoughts What's on this? What's going through your mind? Do we know what kind of car it was? It was a Nissan 2017 Altima. Okay, Altima. that's not even that, like, it's not like the kind of car you dream of driving one day either. This, <laughs> right. It's not so, like, oh, I got to take this one oh, for yeah. a spin. Ooh. Right. Well, the nice car, though. Turbo. <laughs> right. Don't mind if I do take this for a test drive. Anyways, his rear camera is still not fixed. <laughs> <laughs> After all After that. All that yeah. Paying for the nice drive and everything. We were just talking about that guy who brought his car to a car dealership to have the backup camera worked on. Mm-hmm. Turns out the technician who works at the dealership took the car home. Home happened to be 90 kilometers away <laughs> from the dealership. Uh-huh. Uh, Tyler works uh, in the car service industry, and uh, what's your take on this, Tyler? It's a very standard procedure. Um, I don't know about the whole backup camera. Usually it's uh, issues where, you know, you have a transmission problem that's intermittent or, you know, a wiring issue that once it gets wet. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, so that makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. You're working on a transmission issue. You got to drive the car. Why not just like drive it uh, home and uh, see if it makes a noise on the highway? Yep. Yep. Backup camera, uh, though? Yeah, I don't know about that one. Yeah, do you let the so, owner of the vehicle know that that's going to be the process? Yes. They have to give us the approval uh, before. We could even. Aha. So that sounds like a step they may have missed then for this particular story. Definitely did something fishy there. (laughs) Okay. All right. So, yeah, there are a couple red flags for you, too, as a technician, but you're saying that it is actually a procedure that some people bring vehicles back. Uh, Thanks for that. You know what? If they were trying to diagnose my car and we didn't know what was going on, I don't think I would have a problem with that. I would just want to know in advance. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Like, at the end of the day, you know, the customers got to make happy. You know what? Service is where those dealerships seem to make most of their money, I think, is just all that stuff. Yeah, especially nowadays. Yeah. Hey, thanks a lot for weighing in on this. Appreciate it. Thank you. Christy worked for uh, the car industry. We got an expert's opinion here. What's your expert opinion, Christy? So the story about the guy taking the car home, that doesn't happen. That was way offside. Yeah, the techs don't do that. Anything you need to diagnose can be diagnosed at the dealership. And if they need to drive it or whatever, like oftentimes our techs would take it down the highway for a chew, but they don't take them home overnight. I'll tell you, from a PR standpoint, if I'm working and giving advice to this dealership, I'm telling them to make some sort of statement that indicates that this is not standard operating procedure because it's very easy to figure out what standard operating procedure would be. 
and uh, why they wouldn't just like be, oh, this shouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. We'll look into it or we will punish the employee, even if they don't do it. Say right. you're going to do yeah. it. Yeah. I don't understand yeah. why they're, but they're like, oh, standard procedure. We often take vehicles home to diagnose them. And we had several witnesses that, that said that to you when you dropped your car off. Never has anyone said that to me when I'm dropping my no. car off. No. no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that was definitely offside. Thanks for your professional opinion on this. Yes. We appreciate it. All right. Have a great day. We got a text from Tyler. He said the same thing happened to him. He took his car to the dealership, said his turbo fluid was low, uh, so he wasn't going to get a boost. So they had his car overnight. They fixed the issue, filled it up. It was fine the next day, but added about 69 kilometers to his car. Huh. I mean... I think that was a joke. <laughs> Yeah, that's a joke, Maura. What? Yeah, thank you, Bundes. Did I just walk into a show? Yeah, yeah. No wonder he wouldn't come on the air with us. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, you yeah, want yeah. to tell that story on the radio? Yeah. He's like, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got a text here from a Hugh, last name Jazz, uh, <laughs> says here. <laughs> what? <laughs> they put 69 kilometers on the car, eh, Maura? Turbo fluid. Turbo I was fluid, like, turbo yeah. fluid? What is that? Oh, I don't know. Is turbo fluid a thing? I think it's a code for something else. Oh, I won't get into God. it, though. Thanks, Tyler. It's Tucker and Mora in the morning. Energy 95.3.